Hi guys, I'm Candace Kumai. Welcome to the Wabi Sabi Podcast. This will either be episode 82 or 83, depending on where we land, or maybe 84 or 85, because Jenna Kutcher is here, and her new book, How Are You Really?, comes out June 28th, 2022. Welcome, Jenna. Thank you. You guys are so, this is so legit. I feel so special. This invitation feels so awesome. So thank you for having me. You're, I mean, you're like a um, fellow it girl where I just felt, I was like, damn, I like her. It's going to be good. From the moment that I laid eyes on you Ooh. in that article. Oh my God. Speaking of unfavorable articles. Oh yeah. I've, I've had a few as well i went viral so for people that don't know what candace is talking about (laughs) i went viral years ago i think four years ago now for a picture of myself and my husband in our swimsuits and you know what's so funny about that viral post is i think i look great in that photo you do and you know what when people see you they're like (laughs) she's hot she's beautiful like those are the first thing i mean people whether they're in fashion they're in food or media they all say that about you so what Jen and I were talking about earlier yeah. was she's a fellow podcaster, writer, photographer. She does the back of the camera and the front. She runs her own business. She does everything on her own. She is self-made. She's also a mom of two. And what we synergistically and sadly have to talk about and relate to is the fact that there are a lot of women in media that write poor articles or take really awful photos and degrade women which sets us back like 10 steps or 10 years Mm -hmm. and I think today will be really important for us to call out the fact that if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all Mm -hmm. first of all why was there a photographer following you and Drew oh no there wasn't it was just a troll had sent me a comment saying how did you manage to land a guy like him and then I clapped back at it because I actually don't that, normally clap back at anything. And I was like, excuse me. I was like, we've been together for a decade. And like I, I was like, how did he land me is what the exactly. question should be. I'm just yeah. um, but And Drew really, knows that. I know. Yeah. And really the discussion was around <laughs> our bodies, which is what's so funny to me because I am an average sized woman yes. and Drew is just very ripped. Like his passion is fitness. Yeah. His six pack is like just a sign of his determination around that. I don't have that. And I'm good. <laughs> I don't understand why people, even people ask like, do you really get trolled? I'm like, oh yeah. yeah. If I read to you the comments that I got from people that they watch like Peacock or the first season of Top Chef and they think that that was yesterday. It was about 15 years ago, maybe, yeah. maybe longer. <laughs> I'm 39 and we shot that when I was 22. That's wild. It's crazy. Like, That's yo crazy. guys, there were two different decades yeah. where girls like us were hustling, working just as hard as Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan. <laughs> Sorry, Joe, we didn't land Fear Factor, but we could have. And we love Tim. We got the Tim Ferriss microphones today. I love this. I love you. I feel like they uh, they should be sponsoring this Compliments episode. of Tim Ferriss. <laughs> okay. So we love you, Tim. We, we get the grind and we think that we just wish, my greatest wish for turning 40 will be please... Think about what you say and what you do before you put it out there. And if you don't have anything nice to say about women on women, 
this is a fight between yeah. women on women. Yeah. If you don't say have anything nice to say, if you're going to troll somebody on the way that they look, do you know how many problems we both have? Do you know how we both know we're privileged in many ways? We are self-aware and we really just ask for this one tiny thing and it takes decades to get and it's called respect mm-hmm. and ain't nobody have time <laughs> to do those posts about uh, trolling you know and- what's funny though about this is yes. what i think is like important to talk about is i feel like with things like this the more that we talk about it sometimes women so innately i believe women are almost more afraid of success than failure because if you are successful you're welcoming in these critics and stuff. And so a lot of times I feel like self-help people or people that are like mentors or like gurus or stuff, they're speaking to people like obviously they want to be successful. But honestly, I think more women are afraid of success because they know that it's going to bring in an onslaught of criticism or critiques or different things like that. And so it's like interesting like when we talk about this because – I think there's two sides of the coin. Like there are, I have received some really fair criticism over the years that has compelled me to like do better, be better, know better. But I've also had my fair share of just straight up like mean. And so it takes this like level of discernment as you grow, as you do things, as you try, as you start to really recognize like, okay, what is true? What do I know to be true? And what do I want to just leave behind? And so it's fascinating because it's like, We could talk all day about like, oh man, this is so freaking hard. It's not the thing that we actually want to talk about either, which is really sad. We should be talking about celebrating you, your first book. Yeah. Your incredible. Absolutely. And (laughs) fuck all of you who write bad posts. I seriously knock it off. Like we're not in. You are so spiking today. Well, it's been a rough ride. It's all good. Hey, it's. Hey, wait. How are you really? How are you really? Yeah. I'm almost 40 now and I feel exhausted because it's like, how many fucking books do I have to write? I'm on number seven and it feels like nobody has noticed. And that I've noticed. Thank you, Jenna. Maybe it is true that the right people do notice and the right Mm -hmm. people take notes. And all it takes is one person Mm -hmm. to see, oh, I'm going to give her an opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I am, you know, fairly competitive and also very hard on myself mm-hmm. and as you saw like yeah. Candace what is the deal with the details she's setting everything up and I'm like let's just talk nobody cares and you We're said great done is, is better, better than, than perfect I mean so fabulous. always and I would say perfect is better than done <laughs> mindset torture torture yeah Yeah. um so tell us about the struggle of of all of these trolls and the mean comments and just like the ladder that you had to climb Mm -hmm. to get to the point of how are you really I read it yesterday and you were the one who told me to skim so Mm -hmm. I did it's so well done Mm, it made me think she definitely spent time on this. Oh, yeah. And the a right people it. were editing yeah. and the right team was surrounding you. Yeah. And I had said this to you when you walked in. I know this sounds a little weird, but I know you'll get it. Yeah. Is that some people just come into your life and they have this innate 
it factor. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing you can do to scrub it or get it out or get it off. And you can't run from it because yep. it'll always follow you. Yep. You can choose to do what you wish with it. And yeah. you have done very well. Hmm, thank you. So tell me about that journey. I want to know more about the hardship that brought you to where you are now. Yeah. And a little more about the process of the book. <laughs> the process is hilarious because unlike you, I was like, I'm never going to write a book, let alone seven. Um, I was very sure that I was never going to do it because I looked at how long of a process it is. And I was like, man, is this the best use of my time? And part really? of the, <laughs> yeah, part of the realization for me was that for a long time, I was like in pursuit of money to feel security and stability. And I was like, okay, I could spend two years writing a book or I could spend three months building a marketing course and like which one is gonna yield better results. And I finally had to hit the tipping point where I was like, I could care less about the money. I just want to get this message out into the world. And so I actually did the entire book process backwards, like full stop backwards. And I wrote in silence, didn't tell anyone, didn't have an agent, didn't have a book deal, nothing. And I told myself, if I'm actually going to do this, I'm going to do it for myself without the praise of anyone else, without anyone else's judgment or ideas. Because every time I had to entertain the idea of a book, someone would tell me what they thought my book should be. And that for a creative person is just like squelching, like every idea, like they'd be like, this is your book. And I was like, mm, I don't no. know about that. So I actually wrote the book by myself in silence in our little log cabin. And I loved the process and I finished the manuscript before getting pregnant with my second daughter. And that was like a great deadline. Cause I was like, I know when I'm pregnant, my brain does not work. I'm going to get this done. And so I got it done and I loved it. And I thought, okay, do I want to share this with the world? Cause I hadn't decided yet. I had no obligation to share Scary. any of it. And so then I started the whole publishing process of the agent and the editor and all of those things. And one thing that was shocking to me about the process of writing a book, which you know better than anyone else, is the team that is involved. I always, I mean, you see the cover and somebody's name on the front, but if you read the acknowledgments in any good yes. book, there is an entire team of humans that like bring it to life. And so I was pregnant with my second daughter and literally handed in my final manuscript like 10 days before she was born. And I, they say that writing a book is like birthing a baby. And I was doing both of those things at the same time. Double down. Yes. And I really looked at my book team as almost like my doulas yeah. of like, breathe through it. Like, don't push too hard. Like you got this. And so that was kind of the process about it. And what was so wild to me is that, you know, I have 500 plus episodes in my podcast. I have hundreds and hundreds amazing. of blog posts amazing and don't forget to check out the gold digger podcast candace has been on it well not because of me because of this woman well no but really check out her episode um <laughs> but i i was like do i have other stories to tell and there were so many things that i had never shared before and so many facets of myself that i had held really close to my heart or that i like had kept private and when i finally started the writing process i was like oh there are so many other sides to me that people have never seen or never heard. And it was so cathartic. Like I, I loved the writing process, but probably because I didn't have deadlines or a paycheck coming from it. It was just purely creative, which is something I needed. Jenna. I mean, there's so much to 
connect on. And that's where I think I really admire you. And I also look up to you. Mm -hmm. The, there are a lot of parallels. Like when you talked about when you were young, Mm -hmm. there was a sun glistening on your tiny little legs on the school bus going to a field trip. Mm -hmm. I think it was. And then a boy started teasing you and you remembered. Yeah. And I said, Oh my God, when I was in first grade, it was the first time a boy made fun of me and called me like pulled his eyes to the side and called me, you know, a C H I N K. And I thought, what? Like, why am I being made fun of because of the way that I look? And that was that connection where I said, Oh my gosh, like, how does it make you feel? Mm -hmm. Like, how does that carry on? And I said, Jenna's like me, like we have these really deep down pain points when we were little kids and somebody tried to take that away from us early. And I think we fought so hard for so many decades. And don't worry, we'll take out the horrible cursing. Just so you know, there was a lot, but we took it out. (laughs) It's, it's, you know, it's a form for me of um, therapy, you know, like New York for 10 years will do that to you. No excuses. (laughs) Still want to be classy, but it's, I can't, I really can't help it. And I'm learning, but I do think that you being with Drew was a blessing. Mm -hmm. That woman that wrote the trolling comment was a blessing. Absolutely. I mean, I can look at that now and there's so much, it's, it's interesting to me because that, that post went viral four years ago and it was everywhere. It was like people magazine. I I mean, it was everywhere. And what was fascinating is, is that so many people were defending me where it was just like, what is this? But it's crazy to me now because when I get asked about it, it feels like a different lifetime. How did it feel when it came out? I just want to know how the that problem felt. was is that it went viral first on Yahoo and Yahoo comments are awful. So they were like, don't call her curvy, call her fat. Like a whale is a whale, like things like that, where it was like, like, I mean, and they were like saying that like Drew was gay and that I was his cover up. And like, I mean, it just went so deep. And I think too, to me, I've chosen to have an online life, but when you drag my family into it yeah. and then the other part that nobody knew is that we were trying to get pregnant at that time. So like I was I already that. in a battle with my body. So then it's like, now this is the topic of conversation, but it's interesting to me because someone recently was asking me like, tell me about your body and your struggles. And honestly, I'm at a place in my life where I'm like, I am a whole person and my body is just a part of me. It's my mind, my soul, my body. We're one. Like all of this is Jenna. And I don't even really think about my body much anymore besides just like loving it for giving me the gift of creating life and like moving me through life. And so it's funny because you know, when you bring up that comment about like the kid teasing me for my hairy yes. legs, the story in the book is called a battlefield of cuts. And it's about how I asked my parents, I was eight years old and I was like, can I shave my legs? And they were like, absolutely not. <laughs> and I did anyways, because I was like, <laughs> because of the little boy. Yes, and I was like, bus. I'm going to wear pants every <laughs> single day. I will never wear shorts again. And As a mom of daughters now, I'm like, I want to protect them because that moment will come when they suddenly become aware of their body. And I truly believe that what we believe about our bodies affects the way that we show up in life, in business, in relationship. And so it's funny because when I wrote the book, I never really planned to talk about 
bodies, but I recognize that so many women are walking around with so much hatred for their bodies that they're missing opportunities or they're taking themselves out of the race before it's even began. Or they're telling Mm -hmm. themselves that like, I am not qualified to do X, Y, or Z because of the way I look. And that breaks my heart. Like, have you ever looked at a picture? I was just looking at a really cute picture of you from years ago. And have you ever looked at a picture of yourself and you don't even remember the moment, but you remember your insecurity in the moment? Yeah, I mean, it's common for Mm -hmm. women to be all preconceived judgments come based off of the way you look. And you know that firsthand. Yep. And going back to the moment where that photo went viral, a lot of people don't know that Jenna was going through her own personal Mm -hmm. struggles with pregnancy. And that's where I think we need to learn how to be more empathetic to other women. Women Mm -hmm. on women. Remember, this is our... This is our conversation about women on women. Yeah. We don't need people criticizing us. We have enough baggage and enough to handle for, you know, to share. And that's mm-hmm. the other thing is a lot of our struggles are very similar and parallel. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, I, I was a fit model, like a live mannequin for brands mm-hmm. all through college. It's what paid my it's what paid my culinary school bills, which were insane. 50 grand at 22. <laughs> And I did it because it was all I, it was lucrative. You know, it was an easy job, but it came with its struggles and it did not, um, look pretty. Mm -hmm. It was, I never really felt sexy until my late thirties and I never believed that I was sexy. So when I see photos, I, I think, damn girl, you look better now than you did when you were 20. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? It's a good thing, right? And people can look forward to it. See, yes. and I love that you get it that. and you laugh. Yeah. Like I sat with Marie Menudo yeah. the other day and I, I just her. said, you are just so strikingly yeah. beautiful. She's radiant. And it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's all the women that actually wrote accolades for this book. Yeah. Um, I was... I was like, wow, we are so in the same orbit. Mm -hmm. And also when you talked about body earlier, I wanted to mention that um, a girl that I love, uh, Jessamine Stanley is a friend. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, She's on my podcast too. Oh my God, love. She's amazing. So we say uh, at this Ariana Huffington event together, she said something that never left my brain. And this is about six years ago. She said, at the end of the day, this is all flesh and Mm -hmm. bone. And- You virtually don't take any of this with you anywhere. Yep. And what does it matter the way that you look? Yep. And you're right. Like, I shouldn't give a shit about the collar or the chain. Well, we (laughs) call it, in the book, we call bodies like personality Tupperware. It's like just the shell around our being. And it's like crazy because we spend so much of our lives thinking about, trying to change, focusing on. And it's like whoa, 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 like your mind and your soul, like foster those things because those are the things that are actually going to move you forward. Yeah, and also make you money, girl. <laughs> you know it. Now let's talk about that. Oh, Hang on. Yes. As, much as, I, as, not, as much as I don't want to talk money. Yeah. So my sister runs her own company in yeah. London. She's just like us. She yep. does online courses like you do. Love it. And she said, look, there's 
two points of reference I want you to know. First, I think that she said money, I still have the preconceived notion that money makes people bad and bad people mm. have a lot of money. Yeah. But she said that's not true because when you hire women of color, when you give people more opportunities, yep. when you create something beautiful that does help to enrich the world, yep. these are really good things mm -hmm. you can do with money. Mm -hmm. Then there are bad things people do with money, like money laundering, yep. hiding your money in bank accounts across the world, not paying your fair share of taxes. Yep. Those are the kinds of things that are bad. So so the reason why this girl next to me, and you know I don't say this often, but Jenna Kutcher is somebody I really admire. Mm -hmm. Jenna, you, you are someone I really admire you. because your business model, although you think it was backwards, it's not. Yeah. You might have been a smarter mother effer than me. Excuse my language. <laughs> I'll say that again. You might have been a smarter entrepreneur than me because look at where I am. I'm seven books in and nobody even cares. And you're sitting here. <laughs> Again, she's lying. She's lying. No, she's lying. I've read her book. Are you kidding? Me? I know. I know. Okay. You're you. Well, you are a different cup of tea. You know, like well, you are not everyone that sits around following. You yeah. are a leader at heart. You are a pioneer. You are a visionary. You are propelled through the innate ability to create. And that is our shared common mm -hmm. denominator that like not every woman gets. Yeah. And that's why we love speaking to you, helping you, sharing free information, doing our podcast for free. Yeah. It's not like we're getting paid a chunk of change to do this all yeah. the time. Yep. And like you said, profound work comes when there's no deadline and there's no paycheck. Yes. So talk to me about the steps you took. I'm going to bring it back to college because yeah. I'd like to know these core steps that were taken I'm personally asking you, yeah. how do I yeah. turn my success around mm -hmm. and use it in my favor now, Jenna? Yeah. I need your help. Yeah, I'm here. Um, <laughs> good thing we're right together. Um, so I think hi, what's- Hi, I'm here. What's, I'm right here. <laughs> I got you. Um, so I went to school for business. And what I think I am so grateful for, and I didn't know it at the time, is that I- dreamt of like the corner office as an executive in high Read heels. That. Don't wear high <laughs> heels ever and work out of a closet most days. So my life is actually laughable from the visions that I held, but those visions were fed to me through like textbooks, right? Or like, okay. here's what a powerful woman looks like. Like you think about like the shows, like the devil wears Prada and you yes. like picture yes. that type yes. of success. Yes. That's actually not anything that I would want, but that was like the vision. Okay. And what I think is so fascinating is that in my career, I've pivoted so many times. I've pivoted hard. So like I started as a photographer, okay. then I had a watercolor print shop, then I started a okay. podcast, then I launched a course, then I had a mastermind, then I became a speaker, now I'm an author. Okay. And people have followed me every single pivot, and it's never felt confusing or off-putting because I have built a brand and not a business. So what I mean by this is that so many people get really obsessed with building a business. A business is just the product or service that you have available to purchase. Okay. A brand is the personality behind that offer. When you have a true brand, your personality matters more than the product. So as my product, quote unquote, has changed over the years from a service of wedding photography to a podcast to a course, now to a book, people don't necessarily care about the product. They care about the personality. So are you telling me that all the curse words are the reason why I haven't gotten there? <laughs> no, but I'm like Minnesota nice. <laughs> like I remember like gasping when like 
someone would say like, get the hell out of here. And I'd be like, mom, um, which is so funny. Or if oh my, my God, God, like, and now you're sitting next to like the most sailor girl. No, 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 no. But here's the thing is like, Candice Kumai, you are a brand, you are a personality, which means you have lived many different lives oh, in your yeah. career, right? And you still straddle the fence on many different things because you are a multi-passionate person. I think all of us are multi-passionate human beings. And yet we continually try to put ourselves into boxes or like try to say like, this is the one offer. But like, why do we have to have one thing? Like, why do we have to limit I ourselves? I agree. Yes. I agree. I always say we are like diamonds, yeah. like multifaceted gemstones. Yes. Not just because Riri said so, but because <laughs> we, well, and see what Riri was trying to say yeah. early on too. Yeah. Shine bright like a diamond. I truly believe in Marianne Williamson's quote yep. that when when we are liberated in our light, we automatically give others yes. the opportunity to shine yes. with us because you're seeing two type A, yes. two total like driven. Like I would say that we're both very similar yeah. in our approach to female entrepreneurship. Yep. And yet we understand that we are mirrors for each other. Mm -hmm. We are each other's support system. Yeah. I would never speak poorly about Jenna. I just think it's in bad taste to do so. Yeah. Your peers are the ones that are going to come up with you. And they're the ones who are going to invite you back on your podcast and vice versa. Yeah. Or just say, I'm here for you as a support system. You can yeah. text me as friends. Yeah. You know, I don't give a shit about all of this. Yeah. I, I care about the impact that we make on others and, and perhaps leaving this place a little bit better than maybe how we found it. Yeah. Well, and I think that entrepreneurship is so lonely because yes. it's like you are like embarking on this journey that people don't understand. And there's like a line in my book that it's like, that's the thing with visions and dreams. It's no one else's job to understand yours. And no one can give you that vision or dream, which is exactly why I wrote my book without yes. anyone, because I was like, I don't want anyone to try to serve me the vision of what I want my name on. Absolutely. And so, so if you're thinking about your business and stuff, it's like, if you continue to lead with you and people care about you, you can shift in every direction. And you actually have done a beautiful job. I don't think you give yourself enough credit, but I mean, from skincare to matcha to books, I mean, you have all these different things and people care about them because they care about you. And so like, if you look at my feed from 10 years ago, I was talking about the same things, even though the offer was different. That's because I've always had a personality. That's why big brands hire celebrities because they have products, but they don't have a personality. That's why Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard talk about fridges and make us all think that we need a fridge that has like a window in it. We don't, we don't need but that. like though they're the personality that the brand has hired because they recognize that they only have a product. They don't have that recognizability. Okay. Talk to me about, cause your, your perspective is really valuable and it's very unique mm -hmm. because you have actually pioneered your own space. There are a few women that I've seen that have achieved what Jenna has, not just with gold digger, but overall, like I go to your website and I click on a flow desk collab. Yeah. I was so inspired by you that I was like, I'm going to change from, and this is the truth. I went from MailChimp to Clavio yep. to Flowdesk. Isn't Flowdesk and it was amazing. It was because of Jenna. Here we go. Here she is plugging Flowdesk. <laughs> JennaCutcher.com slash <laughs> Here's my biggest problem. I sabotage my own career. And I think a lot of us hey, do. Okay. So let's talk about Okay. That. But I want to go back to you because you're really important to me. Brand personality leading with you. Yeah. Talk to me about how you really started making revenue. This yeah. is, I know there's an investment, yep. 
But how did you start making that cash? Yeah. Well, it's fascinating to me because when I look at my journey, all I knew was what I didn't want to do. And I think a lot of times people right now, we like, we look at the world and like a lot of women are searching. They're like, I don't know what my passion is. I don't know what my calling is. If I knew what it was, I could take the steps to get there, but I don't even know. And so sometimes instead of following what we want, maybe starting with what we know we don't want, what doesn't feel good. Because for me, sometimes that's easier. Like I was in a corporate setting. They sat me down and they were like, here's your five-year plan. And I was like, did no one ask me what I wanted in the next five years? So did you go into corporate? corporate America. Yes. Okay. So right out of college, went into corporate America, windowless office. They give me my five-year plan. And I was like, nobody even consulted me like about what I want to do in five years. And it was a first inclination. I remember I went back and sat at my desk. I was in HR at the time. I had like a stack of papers. Oh my God. And I was (laughs) like, totally not free. Yeah. And I was like, excuse me. Like I looked at this picture of Drew and I on my desk, Drew and me, me. I looked at a picture of me. Yeah, I'm Drew and me. See? Drew and me. Really good. And I was like, I love this man, and I don't want to spend my days looking at a picture of him on my desk. I want to spend my days with him. And what's fascinating is, like, I went on to become a photographer, and my camera was literally just my vehicle out of what I knew I didn't want. I loved photography. But I knew, like, a decade from now, I don't know if I want to be shooting weddings on the weekends. And so... For me, oftentimes I'm like looking at what do I not want and how can I go away from that to start working towards things that feel better? Because every time I found myself at a dead end or feeling like this should feel different, it's because I'm chasing someone else's version of success. And so, I mean, have you ever set like a weird goal or an arbitrary goal or a number and you reach it and you're like, I thought this was going to feel different since I was a kid. Yeah. I remembered shooting goals and scoring goals in soccer, which was the beginning of like teamwork, drive, passion, clout, standing out, proving shit to my dad, like always showing my dad I could do things. That is another story. We don't want to cry today. No, but do you, I mean, it's so frustrating when you're like, I've worked so hard for this thing and it doesn't feel good. It hasn't for so long for me that I do actually think I might be doing something wrong and I'm not, we've never been able to put the finger on the pulse. Like we don't know. So that's where I thought it's so important to talk to Jenna as a sister and a friend more than it is woman to woman, B to B. Yeah. Like I could care less really about meaning like the hard revenue, but I mean like, how did you make a life Mm -hmm. for yourself? So after, um, you realize that you're good at shooting, you do the wedding photography. Tell me about the pivot from wedding photography. You did the watercolor. Mm -hmm. Um, what was the, was it the downloads on the website and the presets that started making you really stand out? Well, you know, it's interesting because I don't really know exactly what it was, but it was just me being curious and me staying creative. And it's fascinating because I started painting as like, I was so burnt out. I hit this point in my career where I had set this goal of like, I want to make six figures. And I remember the day I hit it just feeling empty. And I was like, this freaking sucks. Like screw six figures. Like I was happier when I made $50,000 a year and had weekends and time with my family. And so I literally drew came home from work and I had this like color coded plan out and I was like, let's talk. And I was like, 
is it cool if I literally never do this to myself again and shoot 30 weddings in a six month period? Can I cut back and cut it in half? I don't care if we make less money because I am done. Like I, I'm not even living. I'm a shell of my existence. And he like looked so relieved where it was like, I had built this business to get back freedom. And instead my life revolved around my business. And it's like, how many times have we traded a nine to five in order to work 24 seven and not get anywhere? And so when I cut back and I can trace so many moments in my life of like massive evolution or transformation or like starting something new to when I start to value my time over my money, when I start to treat my time as my currency, those are the times when I actually have the margin and the bandwidth to be creative again. And so really like the heartbeat of the book is that we are staying on hamster wheels. We are staying as yes girls. We are consistently just pushing through and saying, I should be grateful. I should be happy. I should, should, should. When in reality, we know deep down in our gut that we want something bigger or something different or something more. And that success isn't what we're like, what we are doing right now. How did you decide I'm going to create more digital media that people can buy while we're sleeping? Yep. Because I was sick of trading my time for money. And I recognized that I once again had built something that required me to show up in order to get paid. And truth be told, the story behind that was when we were struggling to grow our family, um, Mm -hmm. I had one loss and then Mm -hmm. I had to wait an entire year to even try again because of wedding season. So I was literally planning my family around my work. So I waited an entire year, we got pregnant again, and I had the same exact thing happen. And I was I'm so, so angry. It was like when you think of the stages of grief is like I skipped yeah. like denial and was like straight to anger the second time. And the crazy thing was, is that I had found out. So we had heard a heartbeat and then we went back yeah. and then we had lost the baby and I had to go and shoot a wedding two days later while my body was still not processing oh that there was a loss. So I felt pregnant, but I knew I wasn't pregnant. And yet I had to show up and shoot and work and be happy and like celebrate this amazing couple's greatest day of their lives while I'm like literally dying inside. And I realized like I had built something wonderful. Like I was a great wedding photographer. I loved what I did, but life doesn't always allow you to show up. And if you build something that requires you to show up, even when you can't, that doesn't feel like freedom. That feels like you're trapped. So I realized like I have built something that doesn't serve the life that I want. Mm -hmm. How can I start to move forward? Mm -hmm. And something that I think is so important to note and something that I don't think it's spoken about enough in the entrepreneurial world is every single time when I've started something new, I've done it as a side hustle, as an experiment. I've never just said, all right, screw wedding photography. I'm all in on something else. I'm like, okay, let me test the waters of different things and see if it's viable before I get paid, before I announce it to the world. So like when I started my podcast, it was literally an experiment. And I was like, I'm just going to try it for 10 episodes. What year was this? Oh, God, probably five years ago. Okay. So we're talking roughly 2017, I think. Okay. And so I always am just like a wow. low stakes, like, let me just try something. I'm going to give it. It's kind of like when people leave a bad review for a restaurant they only visited once and don't give it the benefit of the doubt when it's like, maybe it's just a bad day like give everything two tries so I always commit and I'm like I gotta do 10 episodes if I hate it I'll never do it again and so every single thing I've done has been a side hustle until I'm like ready to like shift and go all in 
So when that is I impressive, yeah. So when I cut back on weddings, I was freed up to start learning other things, and I was also freed up to like dream again. Like I stopped the busyness in my brain. I stopped the like grind, and I was like, okay. What am I curious about or what do I want to learn? And this guy had reached out to me and he had an online course and he sold it to me. And I said, I honestly don't even really care about your content in the course. I just want to see how you did this. Like I love studying how people do things. So it's like, if I buy your course, will you teach me how you recorded it? What software you use? Like just answer all of the places that I would get stuck because of analysis paralysis. And he was like, sure. So I took a course and I was like, oh. I can do this. Like I, I have built a six figure business in three years. I know stuff. I went to school for business. How can I take what I've learned and apply it to other people? And I started with photography because I knew that world I'd been in it. I'd found success there. And then I started recognizing that like people that weren't photographers were like, Hey, can I take your course? Like I want to learn, would it still work for me? And I was like, Hmm, that's interesting. There's like a market out there that I'm not reaching. And so the expansion happened very slowly and over time. But the problem is, is that for so many of us, we're like, I'm not passionate or I'm not creative. You aren't even giving yourself a chance to be those things because you are so busy numbing yourself or pacifying yourself with devices or work or things. It's like we've tried to become more efficient just so we can work more instead of saving time to spend time right. And so so amazing. Isn't it crazy to think about though? I mean, think about how obsessed we are with efficiency. Yes. And we want to save time just so we can do what? More work? That's a good point. And I feel like you were a mirror and also like a, um, just like we are all really mirrors of one another. And I feel like this is a lot of information that I needed to hear. And Mm -hmm. I'm very stubborn as a Taurus and I choose who lets get me you know take information from like who am I going to allow to give me information or advice yep um I rather call it options yes and I feel that you've lived it you've walked the walk not many people can say that yeah there is a difference between a viable business a businesswoman an entrepreneur and then somebody who virtually just has a large following yeah and you've absolutely accomplished all Mm -hmm. the above you know it's not just like you have a viable business. So this is where I want young women to really take into consideration. Um, after you learn these steps to the online courses, you choose to do them yourself. Mm-hmm. You focus on the things that you know that you're good at. Yep. You share them with others, which yep. is just like giving love almost. Yep. And then in return, they buy your course mm-hmm. for currency. Yep. Okay. So then after this trade off, what's next for you? Well, I mean, to be honest, these days I don't have to do anything Okay. in that I made a goal where I have been a very savvy saver and I was like, if I want to retire and be done, I'll be done. So anywhere you see me these days, whether it's in the pages of my book or sitting here with you, it's because I want to be here. And I really love that because I love the work that I do. And I'm in this season of motherhood where I have slowed my pace so greatly that I feel like there I like I feel like my life is so full because I love being a mom and I also love my work and when I feel spread thin which is frankly often it's because there's so much goodness in my life and so what's interesting is that like women forget that like we can set these audacious goals 
and work towards them. But success to me looks like driving a 2008 car because it was the first car I was ever able to buy cash. And like, I won't give that car up, but it creates financial freedom in other ways for my family. And so there are things about my life that might be unrelatable, but they're only unrelatable because people feel like it's not possible. There's a trade-off that you have done with investing. Mm -hmm. And also another note to remember, Jenna said something about saving, which nobody talks about. Oh, yeah. Except for maybe Gary V. Yeah. I, I don't hear many people talking about it. And there's always this notion that like saving is yeah. not sexy. Oh, saving is so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk sexy? Let's talk about oh, it. Oh, okay, girl. So I think that it's been incredible i downsized the apartment i live in i don't i drive a regular old car yeah. like i'm not flashy anymore I, yeah. I went to the goodwill and the salvation army yesterday because i wanted to really start reusing mm -hmm. furniture and yeah. i think it's it's a blessing and a curse to have so much mm -hmm. and i also really believe in simplifying yeah so it sounds like you you're very real. You're very, very down to earth, which I appreciate because not just being an earth sign, but also because we need more people like you who give us this deep breath of fresh air where we're like, okay, small steps, mm -hmm. which I read in your book, which mm -hmm. I agree. You say teeny, tiny, tiny, tiny little tiny, actions, tiny action. We say bochi bochi gambate in Japanese, like which means little by little. Yep. Do your best. Yes. Little by little. Little by little. And it was the monks that taught me this like chant where they, they virtually have nothing. They yeah. have mm -hmm. this wonderful ability to pray for others all day is their job. Mm -hmm. What a what a blessing. Mm -hmm. Um there is this weird thing that I wanted to share with you. I really believe that you're given an opportunity and a blessing to share profound work that was sent to you by somebody else mm -hmm. and that you are lucky enough to share it. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that's what your book is. Thank you. I feel it's crazy because with it coming out into the world, yes, it feels like you're like naked on a stage, you know? Where it's like, I have been alone with this work for so long. That I when... don't know if I would call it <laughs> Why? I feel like vulnerable, that don't was, you? That wasn't... Okay, the way I would describe it is the birthing process. Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. But also, yeah, I haven't revealed all of my shit yet. Yeah. It's book number seven that I'm going to be oh, doing I can't that. believe you've held it in I... this long. Horrible. <laughs> it's called, um, you just push you it down. To the... Yeah. It's definitely um, a truth serum, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Just like, let the book be the truth serum. Yeah. There is an eightfold path in Buddhist culture. I live by it as much as I can, but yeah. I'm not perfect, and everybody knows that. I like wild things and wild nights, <laughs> and I, I loved my share of men for, the, for many years. And so the, I read it, and I was like, am I ready to put this in a book yeah. and be so like obvious in my addictions and my pain and my struggles and pushing everything down and, and covering it all up? And I, I dropped to my knees and just cried because I was mm -hmm. like, who am I mm -hmm. to be introducing the Eightfold Path to other people? And the only thing that came to my head, and I know you get this too, was you are allowing and I am allowing 
to be the vehicle that mm -hmm. gets this information to others and how profoundly lucky are you to be doing that? Yeah, it is. It's, it's crazy and exciting and scary and amazing. Okay. Get back to naked on a stage. Well, okay. Drew last night. So <laughs> I didn't let like anybody read this. Like my mom. What about Drew? Nope. I only wow. let people read what parts were about them. That was it. So I was like, if I'm going to include you in a story, can I please just share that part with you just to make sure you're comfortable with it. Okay. That was it. So last night he texted me a picture and he's like, I'm, I'm reading it and oh my gosh, it is so good. I'm so proud it of you. It is really good and it's really well written. Thank you. And it is a, this is part of the zeitgeist yeah. and I am really proud that we're together and we're showing people, not just telling them, yes. but we're showing them what we can do. And when you have, a tangible book. I yep. say this to girls all the time. Your butt and your boobs are nice on Instagram, but they ain't <laughs> going to pay the bills forever. Maybe here or there. Isn't that wild? Well, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's so funny because it's like, um, like I intentionally didn't want my face on the cover of my book. Same. Because I stopped doing it. Yeah. Cause yeah. I was like, it's not, this isn't about me. And this isn't like a guru book of like, here is the path to do this. It's like, I want you to come home to yourself and learn how to ask yourself the questions and learn how to listen and trust yourself because we have so much advice out there and I love advice and I think it's great, but I think we've struggled in discerning what is meant for us and having the self-awareness to like let things go unapologetically if it's not. And so when they, um, when my publisher was like, Oh, your face has to be on it. I was like, it's not about me. Like this isn't a memoir. This is stories that you can probably relate to, but it yeah. goes into guidance to come back home to yourself. And I just feel like we're walking around this world, like waiting to like come back home and feel at home in our own bodies and our own lives and our own minds and to feel like happy about it. I mean, I really remembered, I think it was on page 85 um, I, it may be different from one of the PDFs I was reading, yeah. but there was something in here that really struck me. Um, and I believe it was similar to what we were talking about earlier. And it made me laugh too, like pouches of goldfish oh, yeah. and yogis <laughs> can be found in every bag, purse and compartment in my car. File that under things I didn't understand until I learned them myself. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also laughed when I was like, wow, she, this is the part that made me page mark yesterday. I promised myself a lot of things throughout my lifetime. I'll invest in a 401k. I'll have a corner office and wear the high heels. I'll have perfectly tailored power suits. I'll never be an annoying partner to Drew, which you are not. Nah, I don't know. He Knock might beg that off. <laughs> okay, Drew, but you know it's worth it. I always say that. I, I love my partner. He knows I'm annoying. Oh, yeah. It oh, comes yeah. with it. Oh, yeah. It's like part of the good shit. Yeah, it's part of it. <laughs> Actually, it's the part that he probably hates. But I just pretend like it doesn't exist because I'm like, everything else is so good. Oh, how could you? It. How could you not? Exactly. <laughs> I'll never be an annoying partner in Drew, which you are not. I'll gracefully juggle being a mom and a boss. I'll be the hardest worker in the building. I'll find a way to make a difference on this planet every chance I get. And while some of these promises and goals were beautiful and valid, let's just say I should have known better than proclaiming things in absolutes. I was not wise to make so many promises to myself just like that way. 
way back in the blockbuster days when I would let DVD rentals sit on my coffee table for two weeks, gathering up dust and racking up late fees. You know, it was so relatable because when we didn't know each other over the last 10 years, we were both virtually scraping our way to the top. Mm -hmm. And I find this book the gatekeeper and a, and a really good way for you to break your own silence. And, you know, if you are feeling like you're naked, at least know that we're all there with you, you know, nude, however you want to envision it and we're all in this together and the only way that you and I are ever going to be like Tim or Joe Rogan I don't want to be like Joe Rogan but I do want your job the only way we're ever going to get there is if we keep supporting one another and you have really done an incredible job of doing so with honesty and virtue and the kinship that we can all have for each other through this stupid but prolific meaning meaningful podcast is you know, you've done a great job. 500 is huge. And I I actually wanted to say I think the best part about you was that you've become a new mom and mm-hmm. you've showed your journey with Drew to yeah. so many. And we thank you for sharing because it makes us feel a little bit more like human. Yeah. And I can do it too, That's you know? Right. That's right. I think that we're all just like walking around wanting to feel a little more lo- enough and a little yeah. less alone. And so it's like anytime we can grant that or like sprinkle that for people, yes. it's the greatest gift. Thank you for yes. having me. And Jenna, absolutely. It's a pleasure and an honor. Where can people find you? Tell us yeah. all about how are you really? Yes. June 28th, 2022. <laughs> Giving up Tim Ferriss. <laughs> Go out and get the book <laughs> at howareyoureallybook.com. Um, I am so proud. Like this is not my life's work, but a very important piece of the work in my life. And I am just like so excited to get it out into the world. And I only did it because I genuinely just care about the message and the meaning. And so how are you really book.com jennacutcher.com find us on all the places you can go search my feed for that beautiful swimsuit photo that went all over the world juicy Um, (laughs) thank you so much for having me on the show pleasure jenna thank Mm -hmm. you and don't forget to follow jenna on her social media she has a gold digger podcast you have to check out yes give it a five-star review it's juicy it's good i wondered what we talked about last time oh we talked about your book it was juicy. Oh, the pivot. That yeah. was what we talked about. Yeah. I was like, damn, she's good. Her titles are good. <laughs> so if you want more juicy, go, go check out. Yes. Love it. Oh, I'm going to give you a big hug. Mm. Thank you, Jenna. Thank you. No more tinfers, Michael. <laughs>